I'm Dave Glazer. I'm a personal trainer, TikTok creator, and founder of Dave Glazer Coaching. After a couple of breakups in 2017, I became obsessed with understanding relationships, the way people connect. And along this journey, I've created a life and podcast dedicated to lifelong learning and exploring how we communicate with each other through modern dating, text messaging, social media, and dating apps. This podcast brings the industry's top experts in relationship, best-selling authors, speakers, and real-life daters. We discuss the struggles, the celebrations, the fears we face, and all the wonder that relationships can bring into our lives. Please subscribe to the podcast and connect with me on Instagram and TikTok to take a candid look into modern dating. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, we're going to be answering audience questions. I've got four questions today that I want to answer for those that submitted. I really appreciate you guys contributing to the conversation. And in between the last series of episodes that covered 10 signs for the anxious, avoidant, and securely attached showing up on a first date or early on in uh, relationships, we're going to take this week as an opportunity to connect with our audience and answer their specific questions about modern dating. You know, when social media and text messaging and dating apps are a way that people communicate and connect nowadays, we want to offer up tools for our audience to get out there, get successful, and enjoy dating a whole lot more. I'm excited for the next series to come around. We're going to be interviewing real-life daters and experts on first dates. What do you do leading up to a first date? How do you get more first dates? Where do you meet people? These are all topics that we're going to cover over the next few weeks. So tune in because we're going to invite a lot of great guests to bring a lot of value into your life. So without further delay, let's get into today's episode where we answer questions from the audience. So this one comes from Light Marquez 3 on TikTok. When thinking about dating over 35 years old, what are the most recommended sites and what are some key things to think about when building a profile? Such a fantastic question. And this is one that I get so often on TikTok, on Instagram, and in my direct messages. So if you have questions about modern dating, please don't hesitate to connect with me on Instagram at DaveGlazer underscore CSCS or on TikTok at Dave.Glazer. So let's get into it. What are the most recommended sites? Okay, so um, I have a good friend. He's met multiple partners on Match. Match is something that you definitely have to pay for. And and when chatting with him, I find that he believes in the principle of investment. When it comes to dating apps, when he pays for the service on Match, he finds higher quality matches. And I feel as if the most recent, uh, most recent relationship for him started out long distance, and then they discussed what their relationship was going to look like as a lot of their children are now in college, so they have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, so... Uh, that particular friend prefers Match. Me, personally, when I'm using dating apps, I've always enjoyed Hinge a little bit more than Tinder or Bumble. Um, Tinder, for obvious reasons, that's generally known as a hookup app, and people seeking casual relationships. Never really found a match or two uh, looking for a relationship when I used Tinder back in the day. Uh, not to mention there are a lot more bots and scammers on Tinder because the filtration process just isn't nearly as as acute as Bumble or Hinge. Uh, speaking of Bumble, uh, Bumble for me never really felt aligned. Uh, I feel as if um, 
discussing core energies, masculine and feminine energy dynamics is important to acknowledge when we're talking about Bumble, because when the feminine is encouraged to make the first move, it flips that polarity away from um, my natural alignment to the masculine energy. So I always have to be mindful of using Bumble that when the feminine energy engages first, it's oftentimes with just a hey or a hi, or how was your weekend, which is fine. It's definitely the initial steps in showing interest, at least to start a conversation. But I had to be mindful enough to take back the lead when using Bumble. I immediately uh, stepped up my game of like, hey, I'm going to take the lead in this conversation. Hey, first name, what's your favorite thing about Colorado? I've always used that question on every single dating app I've ever used because it aligns with my values. I value an outdoor lifestyle, an active lifestyle, and I also really value uh, all of the opportunities that Colorado offers us. Plus, it's an open-ended question. Now, on the flip side, I would oftentimes, okay, not often, not as often uh, would I receive like a negative feedback on that question. But the one common response that I got to that was like, oh, that's a loaded question. And I, I really had to sit with that. I really had to sit with understanding what, first of all, what a loaded question is. And a loaded question when in, used in this context is assuming that the person I'm speaking to has a favorite thing about Colorado. Well, for me, it does a lot of things. It, it helps me understand uh, what attitude the person is bringing to by living here in Colorado. It also weeds out people who are just visiting because they're going to respond back of like, hey, I just got here. Um, haven't found a favorite thing yet. Or it's a conversation starter of like, hey, I just moved here in the last month. I haven't really gotten the chance to explore yet. What suggestions do you have? Which then allows my, my natural masculine core energy to take the lead and to become the expert in Colorado. You know, I've been here 30 years. I have a lot of knowledge of the state. And yet I still have a lot of curiosity in order to seek out new things, new hidden gems, um, trying new hot springs. You know, I've been to Steamboat Hot Springs, Strawberry Springs, I think is what it's called. I've been to Mount Princeton Hot Springs. But other than that, I haven't been to a couple more of the, uh, a few of the more popular hot springs in the state. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. But, <laughs> but these are things that I, I need to be mindful of when I'm using an app like Bumble. And then finally, Hinge was the most authentic app that I found when using dating apps. Hinge allowed me to see one or two people who selected my profile to match with, and it gave me the choice. Do I want to choose this person who has chosen me based on the content that they've written, their prompts, their pictures, their, what their lifestyle appears to be? So for me, Hinge always saved time. It saved time and effort as opposed to Tinder and Bumble, which, which was all about random swiping. You know, I'm using the app, swiping, staying on there for longer than I would like to be in hopes that there's a match in the next 10 profiles. You know, we are not trading cards. We are not um, our statistics. We are not able to completely encapsulate who we are in 140 characters or less. So when it comes to Hinge, I always found that that feature was a little bit more authentically aligned for my values. You know, I want choice, I want agency, I want sovereignty when it comes to using a dating app. And then the second follow-up question that I get are like, Dave, would you pay for an app? Absolutely. If I'm going to put myself out there and actually 
invest in seeking out a relationship, I'm going to invest in the process as well. And when we're talking about it, we're not talking about hundreds of dollars, like say a a matchmaker would would cost. And I completely support that. I've seen a lot of success from the times that Abby Rosenblum has matched me. So I know the value there. However, we're talking about 30 or 50 bucks overall between Bumble or Hinge or Tinder, whichever app, maybe even Match, maybe Match is a little bit more expensive. And, and my friend who has given me feedback on the app has always enjoyed it because of that principle of investment. If he's paying for it and the other person is paying for it, well, then he found more quality matches as a result. And this comes down to an abundance or, or a scarcity mindset. What mindset are you bringing to the dating process? The one of abundance is like, hey, money comes and goes. Money flows freely to me and to others. And so therefore, I'm going to invest in the process of um, getting better matches on a dating app so that I can ultimately save myself more time, get to the, get to the actual date uh, with higher level quality matches. And that's, an, that's a mindset that I encourage my clients to approach modern dating with, not one of scarcity of like, oh, there are no good men in Denver. Oh, they're all, they all have Peter Pan syndrome, or they're just not ready to commit. This is a scarcity mindset when we're talking about um, in, incorporating every person who's on an app as like not a good match for me. Well, it is a sorting process for sure. If I get 30 matches on Hinge, and 15 of them uh, respond to the conversation starter that I use, and 10 of those actually go past the first two or three messages, and five of those actually go to, um, hey, would you like to grab coffee sometime? And then two of those actually uh, end up in setting up a date and a time and don't cancel the day before, because that happens. Well, then it's a sorting process. We're sorting through 30 matches on a dating app to find the people who are actually interested in getting to know who we really are, by setting up a first date. More on those first dates in the next few episodes um, where we discuss of like, what questions do I wanna ask before, during, and after the date? So stay tuned for that. And then finally, from Light Marquez, what are some key things to think about when building a profile? This is a phenomenal question because the better you build your profile, the more likely you're going to get aligned matches. What can you incorporate into your dating app profile that's going to uh, show your authentic self. You know, I came across um, a couple of people on Instagram that wanted a profile review, which is something that I do. So don't hesitate to enter, uh, to start up that conversation on Instagram and then send over your screenshots of your profile because I'll give you some honest feedback. Um, one of the profiles that I, I went through with a client, uh, two of the five pictures that she screenshotted over to me was actually wearing sunglasses. And I want to encourage our clients to um, understand how they show up on the dating app of like, well, sunglasses kind of hides your eyes and, uh, and understanding how dating apps work and the psychology behind people using them is you have less than a second to make a good first impression. So if two of your five profile pictures have sunglasses on, you're really not able to connect with the person viewing from the other side of the screen. It's just a little bit of uh, psychobiology that comes into play of like, how do we make a good first impression through photographs, prompts, and a little bit of a bio about ourselves. So when selecting pictures, make sure that you can see a close-up of your face, of you smiling, of, you know, you're not just rolled out of bed, no, no selfies in the car, no selfies in the bathroom, no selfies in bed. 
you know, selfies on a vacation in a beautiful place that you visited, completely uh, encouraged because it shows who you are as you're living your life. Um, secondly, the prompts on Hinge and Bumble are fun. Let's get fun with it. Let's, uh, let's be as succinct and terse as possible when we're responding to those prompts, giving a little bit of mystery, um, definitely leaving more to the imagination, and yet still getting specific enough to uh, uh, find a partner who's aligned through your prompts, you know, shared lifestyle, shared values. Those are things that we want to um, take a look at when we're building a profile. Uh, hopefully that summarizes what are the most recommended sites and what are some things to think about when building a profile. Again, full body picture, at least one of them. Um, choose pictures that show you living life and uh, choose prompts and answer those prompts in a way that show your values, your lifestyle, and your passions. Because that's going to be a lot more attractive to an aligned partner than if we're just throwing out one word answers to these prompts. All right, moving on. Question number two. Can anyone really find a life partner on TikTok? Serious question. I'm interested in hearing about the connections. All right, this is a phenomenal question. And yes, I see a lot of stories, a lot of success stories on TikTok being shared of like, this is where I met my partner. You know, a former client of mine, a handstand coach here in town, met his partner on TikTok and they're now living together. Phenomenal success story when it comes to um, meeting and connecting with people on TikTok. Now, as it is with all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, you can build a connection with somebody through their profile because these apps, these social media apps are showing more of our lives than say like a dating app profile. The longer you are connected with somebody on a social media platform, the more familiarity you have with them, the more you almost feel as if you know this person without actually knowing them. And this is a good thing. And it's also something to be cautious of because we're building up this persona in someone else's, in our mind about somebody else, we need to be cautious about how we approach that. We cannot assume that we know everybody, everything about this person because of how they show up on social media. The, one of the most common complaints that I get as a dating coach using TikTok and Instagram to share my message and my vision and my mission for this world is that my partner never posts me on social media. And this is a very common thing that I hear in modern dating is how long is it appropriate to share that we have a partner? Uh, when should we share that we have a partner on social media? And why doesn't my partner share me on social media? So if you're connected with a complete stranger on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, you may, becoming, you may be becoming more familiar with this person and you feel as if you've gotten to know them through the pictures or the videos or the content that they share. And you may or may not know that they're in a relationship because some people have boundaries around their social media platform of not sharing their partner. That's not me. I, I choose to live publicly, date privately. But if I'm in a partnership, I'm going to celebrate that. That's just me. However, some people do not approach social media in the same way. So when you're connecting with a complete stranger on a dating app or on social media like TikTok, we need to do a little bit more digging. We need to become that detective of like, okay, this person reached out to me. Let me get curious. Let me understand this person a little bit more. Let me, let me be playful, let me be flirty, but also uh, approach the scenario with caution. Like, who is this person really? When connecting with someone on TikTok, 
and they're coming at you with romantic interest, I would always recommend ask for a second social media platform. Hey, do you, by chance, are you on Instagram? Let's connect there. It's actually an easier place for me to message, which is true. The functionality of TikTok doesn't really encourage messaging back and forth, much like, unlike Instagram, which does encourage messaging. Grabbing that second social media platform gives us a little bit more social proof. It gives us a little bit more detective capability of like, all right, in 2015, uh, where did they go on vacation and who did they go with? You know, that's definitely um, part of the detective. I acknowledge that approaching every new relationship by giving another person the benefit of the doubt is a good thing. It tells us that we're grounded. It tells us that we're open. It tells us that we're trusting of other individuals. And yet we still need to be conscious of the fact that we do not know this person as well as we might think subconsciously or our attraction might be taking over or our attachment style might be taking over when we randomly match with people on TikTok. I have TikTok crushes. I'm going to acknowledge that right now. I'm going to own it. I have TikTok crushes. There is definitely a lot to be seen on TikTok. There's a billion or 2 billion people using the app on a frequent basis. There are other profiles of great individuals, I'm sure, but are not posting videos on TikTok because they just choose not to share their life that way. They might be more active on Instagram. So if somebody connects with me on TikTok and they just have a profile picture and no videos, I'm likely not going to start a conversation with them unless they're reaching out to me for professional support. So that's another thing to be conscious of when it comes to social media. Is their profile a private? Is their thumbnail just a really good thumbnail? Is their bio picture actually them? That's why getting the second uh, second social media platform information is a good thing. Hey, by chance, are you on LinkedIn? Hey, let me connect with you on Facebook. Let's round out the conversation answering the question, can anyone find a life partner on TikTok? Yeah, I feel as if like you can meet a life partner anywhere. Grocery store, movie theater, gas station, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Incur- I'm not saying that we need to discount or distrust anyone immediately when they connect with you on a social media platform like TikTok. What I am encouraging is to approach it from a detached place, a place of non-attachment of like, just because I feel as if I know this person really well because of 10 or 15 or 30 or 200 videos like on my platform, just because you see these videos posted regularly doesn't mean that we know somebody because these videos are maximum three minutes long. How much can you get to know somebody in three-minute bites through a social media platform? Something I want to encourage you to be cautious of. All right, let's jump to the third question. Thank you, uh, Lori Graham Mallon, by the way, for submitting that question on TikTok. Uh, John Witt 57 asks, hi, Dave, how does anyone learn to communicate on an emotional level with an avoidant? She knows she is avoidant. I know I'm anxious. Is there hope? A phenomenal question, John. Really appreciate the contribution and the submission. I just want to take this question at face value. What I hear you asking me is, how do you learn to communicate with an emo- on an emotional level with an avoidant? It sounds as though you're having a really challenging time in communicating with your partner. And I just want to acknowledge that it's a very brave and honest thing to acknowledge that you're struggling in communication. And this happens so often when it comes to the anxious avoidant trap, which is the, the gravitational pull that an avoidant has to an anxious and vice versa. 
And so acknowledging that ahead of time, before we dig into how we learn, what do we learn? What is it that I can do to approach my partner better? So after acknowledging that, after really showing my appreciation and gratitude for the question, let's dig into it. How does anyone learn to communicate on an emotional level with an avoidant? Well, first of all, it's going to take time. When communicating and dating an avoidantly attached person, which is the core energy, which is the core attachment style that I relate to most, is it's going to take a lot of trust building and a lot of patience in order to get behind those walls that have been built up. Typically, an avoidantly attached person is afraid of getting hurt again. An anxiously attached person is afraid of getting hurt in the future. This is the difference. But the fear, the core fear is exactly the same for the two. So when we understand that we both have fears approaching relationships, well, then we can meet each other with empathy, patience, compassion, and grace. And those are the four things that I want you to bring to every single conversation in which you try to communicate on an emotional level with your avoidant partner. I'm going to compassionately approach my partner with grace and patience. And I'm going to remember that this person needs a lot of empathy, just as I do. When I show up as an anxiously attached person, I would appreciate a lot of empathy, also a lot of patience and a lot of grace when I'm showing up with a lot of energy, a lot of urgency, and a lot of needs in the relationship. As a fearful avoidant person, I can acknowledge and relate to both an anxious and avoidant person and how they show up in a relationship. I've shown up as both. It's like a pendulum swing for me. I can swing back and forth across that uh, spectrum of attachment styles. And as long as I acknowledge that and ask for the patience and grace and compassion and empathy for my partner, then I do feel as if there's hope. When two people understand themselves, and we can use the lens of attachment theory as a great tool in relationship in order to deepen our connection and to make an anxious avoidant trap work. I've been with a, an anxiously attached person in the past, and we did make it work by understanding that uh, the relationship came first. It's not me versus you. It's us versus the problem. And that's what gives me hope is that when I take ownership and responsibility for my part in the relationship, and I show up with putting the relationship first, well, then I can model behavior for my partner. I can set the expectation and take the lead in the relationship of like, this is how it's going to go with us. I'm definitely encouraging your input and I want to co-create this with you, but this is me taking the lead. And this is me as an avoidantly attached person leaning into the relationship. Oftentimes it's the avoidant that's actually pulling back and the anxious that's stepping into that space that, the, that is created when the avoidant pulls away. And it creates this push-pull, this chase, pursuer, distancer dynamic in the relationship. And that's what we need to be conscious of. And it sounds as if the two of you, John, are conscious of this. So when you approach the relationship with hope, grace, compassion, patience, and empathy, while putting the relationship first, not you and me versus each other, but you and me versus the problem, then I do feel as if there's hope for you. Thanks again, John Witt, 57, for the submission. And I appreciate our conversations when we do have it, when it comes to attachment theory. And finally, let's answer this question. This one comes from the NGL app, which I've been sharing on my Instagram stories. 
And it's a great way to submit anonymous questions, anonymous comments, and to receive support through Instagram stories. So don't hesitate to follow me on Instagram and engage when I, uh, when I pose the opportunity to submit anonymous questions. So this says, what's your opinion on paid dating sites apps versus free, st free sting sites apps? Um, maybe there's a misspelling in there. Any preference one way or another? Any experiences you want to share? Yeah, I briefly touched on this earlier when we were, compares, when we were comparing Match, Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge. And it, I do want to come back to that abundance mindset. My opinion on paying for dating sites or apps is that, yeah, give it a month. Actually pay, pay for the service for the first month because that's when we're going to have the most enthusiasm, the most uh, positive mindset, and the most abundant mindset is in that first month of online dating. What I do feel is if when we pay for the service, we actually get more features, we get more opportunity to narrow down our focus to find an aligned partner. I do know that Bumble and Hinge uh, restrict how many preferences you get to choose when you use the free version. Well, I may actually want to select my age, my height, um, my distance, and then whether or not they um, want kids or not. I want to choose those preferences because it narrows down the focus more to an alignment with a future partner. Well, if I'm continuously matched with women who want children, well, then it's gonna not, it's not going to save me time. It's going to waste both of our times. And I want to consider that when I'm using the dating apps because I don't want the app to take up a big part of my day. I want to set aside 20 to 30 minutes of sorting through the profiles on a dating app um, intentionally, maybe two to three days a week. And then the rest of the time, I actually want to be engaging in the messaging, setting up those first dates. And by paying for the service for about a month, I'm able to do that. I'm able to approach each and every time that I use a dating app with an abundant mindset. So that's my preference. If you want a little bit more support as you get back out there on the dating apps uh, to find freedom uh, from the frustration that can be there, then don't hesitate to connect with me on TikTok at Dave.Glazer or on Instagram at DaveGlazer underscore CSCS. And we'll set you up for a complimentary consultation one-on-one -on -one for 60 minutes to see uh, what's coming up for you in modern dating with text messaging and social media and dating apps as a way that people connect and communicate these days, well, then I'm here to support you as you do that. Navigating modern dating together is a whole lot more fun than doing it on your own. So until next week, where we're going to dig into the process of first dates and how you can get the most out of the first dates that you set up in the next month or two, tune into the next few episodes with Dr. Morgan Anderson coming back. Uh, Becky is a real life dater. She's going to come on and talk. Nicole K is going to come back and speak with me. She's a returning guest. If you didn't catch that episode where we talked about dating an independent woman, I cannot wait to invite Nicole back on. And finally, we're going to invite Samantha Graham, co-host of Where's My Participation Trophy uh, podcast, to come talk to me about dating in Canada. So until next week, this is Dave Glazer in Denver, Colorado, wishing you health and happiness wherever you're at in the world.